0: No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Mind Body Spirit: Living a Holistic Life with your host Renee David Alkali. Are you searching for the path to the discovery of wholeness and balance in your life? We'll discuss the future of holistic healthcare and how the concepts discussed on today's show can help you make better choices in your life. Now. Here's your host, Renee David Alkali. We just got it in time. I can't hear anything, David. No, I didn't turn it down. I didn't turn it down. I'm not hearing anything. good morning and welcome to mind body spirit living a holistic life happy to be with you this morning so um thank you for your feedback and uh your great commentary and comments on uh our past shows on depression and uh how to uh, the various tools that we were able to provide, and uh, I'm glad to hear that uh, there are folks out there who are putting the tools into practice and working with them. So we're going to uh, deal with a different topic today. Um, over the past week, we've been uh, doing some spring cleaning around here. And uh, part of that spring cleaning has involved the idea of what can we use uh, that's natural that can um, that can uh, help us uh, uh, to uh, to clean our homes in a uh, non toxic way. And uh, this has to do with uh, the use of essential oils. Has to do with uh, 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 fundamentally uh, the things that uh, uh, that are out there that uh, can be put into practice, like uh, for cleaning products and for personal use products. So I thought this might be something we could do in a couple of uh, sessions, uh, not just in one show. And a good place to begin might be uh, to understand the the basic essence of nature, uh, if we're going to deal with essential oils or natural products, that can, by the way, also be used in many healing uh, practices and are used in the form of aromatherapy. The, uh, when we go out into nature, uh, I'm an avid hiker, uh, haven't done as much hiking in the last few years as I, as I used to, but I love getting out into nature as many people do. And uh, I think when we're around trees or plants or flowers, you know, one of the senses that's awakened inside of us is the sense of smell. Uh, the The sense of smell is very primary and very primeval and very primitive. It's the most primitive sense of our five senses. Uh, so, Uh, It certainly has to do with survival to a great extent when we were living in jungles and uh, in the wild. Uh, Today, it's not as useful to us as it was then uh, over, you know, over the millennia when uh, survival is more based on living in cities with concrete and steel and glass where we're not exposed to the smells of nature. Uh, there are different smells in our society, mostly garbage and uh, pollution and other, other elements. But still, the sense of smell, if we use it correctly, can save, us, uh, can save us in many cases. Without the sense of smell, for example, we may not be aware of a fire. Uh, that's one of the risks that people run into when they become older and that sense of smell weakens. We may not get out uh, of the way of danger fast enough. So nature is full of fragrances and smells and uh, and these generally can create a feeling, especially around flowers and plants and trees, of excitement. It makes us feel good. Uh, right now we're coming into the uh, season of spring and uh, one of the things that happens in the spring, spring is we become aware of a kind of fresh air, a rejuvenating air. Uh, if we're in the woods, we smell the pine trees and uh, we smell spruce trees, you know, especially especially being in the woods after some type of rain, you know, that enlivens the the, the fragrances in nature. Also, we, it's not just a sense of smell, but our sense of vision, you know, the colors uh, in a certain season. Now we're coming into spring, so the leaves are kind of coming back. But all of us are aware of the beauty of autumn, with, uh, where we're looking at a mountain of trees uh, from any kind of distance, and we're really seeing a tapestry of colors. Uh, those colors... Are magnificent, you know. So, we have these scents that are just phenomenal sense of uh, eucalyptus, of jasmine, of lavender uh, mm-hmm. coming from the flowers. Uh, if we're doing any kind of gardening, we're certainly familiar with the beauty of that's not only visual, but the beauty to our sense of uh, smell. The this is nature's perfume. We're all aware of uh, of the use of uh, sense. The certainly women perhaps are more aware than men of the sense of smell because they're more in touch with uh, the use of perfumes and various fragrances. Uh, But certainly men are also. You know, I use an aftershave, a natural aftershave. Uh, I use a natural skin conditioner. You know, all of these things have particular uh, r- aromatic uh, qualities, and uh, when it comes to perfumes, uh, certainly there's the the a- aspect of the romance, the romantic aspect for lovers, uh, and there's the natural smells that uh, that just awaken our bodies. This is nature and when we look at uh, history and various cultures we see that uh, there's been a different approach to nature anywhere from uh, a scientific approach to a kind of worship uh, certainly in with the idea of pantheism the uh, which is primitive in terms of where we are today, but the belief that God is present in all the elements of the natural world, that's pantheism. That may be primitive in the light of monotheism, but you know that's a beautiful idea, present in all the elements of the natural world. Certainly, and these were not light thinkers. You know, when we say primitive, we're not talking about primitive in thought. We're talking about primitive in terms of uh, ancient times, or uh, I wouldn't even like to call it primitive. I would say ancient cultures would be more correct. So the there's another uh, uh, philosophy and a thinking called Shintoism. This is very ancient religion in Japan. And uh, Shintoism worships the gods that are uh, believed to be the basic force of uh, of nature within nature, uh, in rocks, in rivers, in you know mountains. Uh, Native Americans uh, had similar beliefs and thoughts. The we have the Jain religion in India, and that considers all life sacred. Uh, in the Jain religion, one is forbidden to uproot a tree to. To take off unripe fruits, uh, to tear off leaves, and the and pull up flowers. There's a uh, an aspect of that in the Jewish religion. In the Jewish religion, uh, it doesn't it's not during the week, but it happens on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, in the Jewish religion, also we cannot uproot a tree or tear a leaf or pull up a flower. We cannot disturb nature in any way. Can't even go into uh, a lake or a pool and disturb the movement of water by swimming. There are various thoughts and and, and uh, considerations in these ideas. Uh, there is the sacred nature of nature, uh, the sacred nature of the world around us, and wh- uh, why is that? Uh, what has that got to do with the Sabbath? Well, the, there is a teaching uh, that uh, God created uh, two Torahs, for example. One Torah is the written Torah, the oral Torah that was given and that was then written and communicated to, to man. Uh, and the other is nature itself is the second Torah. You know, And we learn that we can find our way to connection with the divine through either path if we look deeply enough. And we have to look deeply. It's not a superficial looking. So we don't disturb any part of nature on the Sabbath because that's a reminder that we are guests here. We get to use everything. We've been allowed to use everything. We have permission to use the things of this world. But on the Sabbath, we're reminded that that is what we are. We're transients and that the world does not belong to us. It is God's world or a divine world. And um, by not touching or disturbing nature, we bring ourselves back into that balance where we're not out there with our egos and with our, with our thought that we are the masters and we, uh, we build dams and we chop down trees and we, we make things and we're in control of the whole thing. So, uh, so in many of the, the religions that come and think and thought processes and philosophies that come from ancient cultures, pantheism, Shintoism, Jain religion, uh, Judaism, uh certainly also the Greeks you know the Greeks uh, 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 felt that uh, the olive bran- olive trees and cypress trees were actually sacred. the Hindus uh, uh, also believed in the holiness of certain trees uh the pi- the pipal tree for example uh, eating the leaves of the uh in India, they worship and eat the leaves of the neem tree, believing it to prevent illness. And of course, we have neem within our culture here today as a fruit supplement because of its healing properties. the The Muslims uh, revere sandalwood trees, and certainly among the Hindus and Muslims, there's a use of incense in various religious ceremonies. There's the use of incense in the Jewish religion in a in a ritual called Havdalah, which is at the end of the Sabbath, where a blessing is made at one point over incense, and incense is passed around, and one uh, breathes it in to take in its aroma. The certain Indian tribes of North America uh, like the Ojibwe uh, the Indians, they don't want to cut a tree down, uh, basically for, because they don't want to cause the tree pain. Uh, in New Guinea, uh, the, the coconut uh, palm is considered sanctified. And uh, certainly there's the appreciation of what it provides Because the wood of the coconut palm, together with its leaves and its fruit and its bark, they provide so much to the human being. They make you, the the natives of New Guinea make utensils out of it. They make objects for religious ceremonies, provides food, shelter, clothing. Um, Our relationship to nature is, is very complex and very, very deep. In over the last 200 years, perhaps we've lost that to a great extent. You know, the age of industrialization. um, Now, now beyond industrialization, the age of of digitalization. uh, We've come through the 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 70s, or we've come through the 80s, which is said to be the me generation. Now we're in the millennials. And we hope that the millennials will do a better job than, than the world we left uh, uh, as a coming out of the 20th century. So, you know, we have lost uh, that, that relationship to a great extent, that relationship to our, the world around us as far as nature. We live in a world of toxicity, we produce plastic. We produce non-degradable things. Uh, we're a consumer society. Consumer. The word consumer, look it up. The word consumer means to waste, by the way. And there are teachings. There's a teaching uh, by a ninth, uh, ninth, uh, an 18, I think it's a 19th century sage uh, and rabbi Uh, I believe his name was Hirsch, Rabbi Hirsch. And uh, he said the greatest sin is waste, waste. We are a wasteful society, wasteful in terms of food crops, wasteful in terms of the soils that we're destroying, wasteful in terms of our health uh, with all the toxicities. You know, we've spoken before about the elements of health. Ultimately, when we break it down, There are only two causes for disease. Uh, One is toxicity, some kind of poisoning in the body. And that can come about from foods or air or water. Or it can come about from the toxicity put into our bodies by a particular uh, insect, uh, you know, uh, planting a disease within us. So some type of toxicity or some kind of a blockage, a therosclerosis, a blockage of the arteries. So uh, we're going to take our first break and we're coming back to this very interesting subject and see how we're living in urban societies and what we can do to um, regain health by reconnecting to nature through the, the scent, through scent and fragrance, and that's what the topic is today. So we're, we're kind of just getting to that, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay with us, and if you want to call in and have anything to add or contribute or a question to ask, we're available. You can call us in at 929-477-2869. And we'll be happy to have you on our show with us. So stay with us, and we'll be back momentarily. You are listening to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with your host, myself, Renee David Alkali. I am a naturopathic doctor in private practice in Forest Hills, New York, at 10202 Metropolitan Avenue. A description of classes and programs that we offer is available on our website, www.genesistreeoflife.com. We offer wellness programs in yoga, martial arts, tai chi, ballroom dance, personal and group fitness, meditation, and seminars on various health topics. These are at our studio or as in reach at your facility. We can bring these programs to you, to your organization. Check our website, www.genesistreeoflife.com, for our corporate wellness program and some of our other classes, or you may call us at 718-544-5997. And we're back with you. So we were talking about what's happened in the last, let's say, 150 years, perhaps not 200 years, but 150 years. You know, we've seen some dramatic, dramatic changes. Uh, And certainly over the last uh, 120 years, uh, it just, the changes are happening faster and faster. There's over over many centuries, however, there's always been some kind of a movement from people to come from an agricultural uh, life into towns, into cities. Uh, more so than ever before, we have because we have more people, but we certainly have our greater cities today than there were in ancient times. And so many people... Uh, are not only leaving agricultural life behind, but they're even leaving small towns uh, in order to move to the big city, the Big Apple where I live, or other big cities, Chicago, San Francisco. Why is that? Well, there are benefits, or at least there are apparent benefits. And these benefits can be very enticing, One of the benefits is certainly uh, employment. We can find employment that pays us much better than we might be compensated for in a, in a small town. There are greater opportunities. Uh, with those opportunities comes a what we what might be considered a, a higher standard of living. You know, perhaps today we're starting to question what that higher standard of living really is. Are we moving up or have we come sort of to the point of where everything is turning around and the things we felt the cities offered were, were suddenly uh, not looking as, as uh, great as they may have, have at first appeared uh, in the cities. Of course, there maybe a, we may consider a great greater sense to find the social network or have a more socialization, you know, so people do what? They go to bars, clubs, um, you know, all kinds of events and workshops. And uh, certainly access to products is much greater in the city. Uh, but the other side of that is now taking hold very strongly. It's taken hold for a while. And that's that no one seems to have any time. It's a, a conversation that's come up often lately in my own circles with my friends and with people I know. You know, they'll say, do you have time to do this? you have any time for me? you have time to go out? you have time for this? Well, you know, time is an illusion. We do not have time. None of us have time. I don't care where we live. We have to make time. Time is something that we create. And, you know, the, the thing about the city is everyone is in a hurry to get somewhere to do something. As if, uh, as if life is going to be somehow better by this. The, we don't hear nature, you know, there's a book, I think, uh, I think it was a book or a saying, stop to smell the roses. You know, you have to stop long enough to smell the roses interesting that the the reference was to the sense of smell because nature, the the smells and sense of nature are really incredible and of course not only the sense but the sounds of nature, our sense of hearing the sights of nature. Where is that? So today we have, you know, I pull up to a traffic light Uh, I hear people blowing, honking their horns. Uh, uh, I hear ambulances, the sound of ambulances and uh, police sirens. Uh, I hear, you know, we hear all these, we hear construction jackhammers. You know, then there's the TVs that are going on in everyone's home that are a constant buzz in the background of our minds, even if we're not hearing it directly, it's there. And on some wavelength, we're hearing it. The, as far as what we're smelling and seeing, we're not just smelling dirty air. You know, you can see, you driving toward uh, San Francisco, you might see a smog, a heavy smog overlaying the whole city. Uh, and that smog is in many other cities. You see it in New York. You see it in uh, cities wherever there's any kind of industry or even without industry. And all of these things are causing illness because they're stressing us. They're causing us pollution, uh, which goes up every single year. More and more people are beginning to ask whether this all makes sense, and so what are they looking at? Um, for those of you that know our center here, you know what we offer, and what I've seen is a is a constant flow of more and more people that are in need of this. We have yoga classes, we offer therapeutic massage, we do meditation and deep relaxation. We use visualizations. We do uh, sujak, which is kind of a reflexology. We have uh, holistic chiropractic. Uh, We have acupuncture, all of these things. And I've seen over the years, I've seen a great rise in the amount of people that are seeking this. And in line with all of that, we also have aromatherapy, the use of scent. And that's among the things that people uh, are looking at. In many ways, aromatherapy has grown uh, faster in recent years than any of the other things that I've mentioned. Um, So, you know, we're trying to, what are we looking at? Why is it growing? I think people intuitively or instinctively know that we need to do something to reverse the the effects of urban life. We need to reconnect to something that's more holistically uh, natural, healing. The definition of aromatherapy is the use of essential oils, pure essential oils. And these are essences that are taken from trees and flowers and herbs and grasses. They're precious oils. And they can be used in all kinds of ways. You might enjoy a dinner in a very, uh, a very romantic dinner in an aromatic setting, or not necessarily a romantic dinner. Dinner with friends, where there's a light, a delightful aroma in the air. Uh, we have natural sense that we can purify the air around us to improve our indoor environment. Also, not only for improvement, but to Enhance a uh, a therapeutic massage or a a loving massage to to get rid of stress or revitalize our skin, um, reducing cellulite. All of these things Uh, we might want to make our own uh, our own oils, right? Prepare our own combinations of things. We're making our own cleaning products for the home, for example. We use white vinegar and a few drops of an essential oil. could be lavender. It could be different oils. And that's so that when you're cleaning, you don't have the smell of vinegar all the time uh, in your home. But that's very natural. It doesn't put any – it's cheap. And um, it doesn't put any type of – toxins in your living environment. Now, I hope that uh, the companies that are selling those toxic products don't get too upset with me, but they might because uh, I'm certainly going to be cutting into their, their profit base, but we can certainly make our own deodorants. We can make our own mouthwashes, bath oils, moisturizers, anything for chapped lips, facial creams, all of these things can be made. With the use of essential oils um, certainly uh, uh yoga i have I, I'm a avid uh, proponent of it I've been a practitioner for many many years It's a lifetime practice for me um, it makes us more limber makes it easier for us to stretch uh, if we're stressed you want we want to relax uh, Uh, certainly we might want to relax in not just through yoga but perhaps in a sauna or a steam bath with some eucalyptus, the scent of eucalyptus. Uh, I find that very, very healing. Uh, We can use mists, uh, spray mists. Uh, There are uh, uh, certainly uh, powders that we can create uh, that offer relief from itching, uh, any, all kinds of pre-shave and post-shave powders and shaving creams. Uh, we can stop um, snoring for, with a certain mist, with certain mist formulas. Uh, we're going to talk about those. Perhaps we won't get to all of them in today's program, but within two shows, we'll mention a lot of different uh, uh, aromas, you know, essential oil things, the uh, combinations that we can make that help with all types of conditions. So stay tuned with us. We'll be back uh, in, a, in a moment, in a few moments, and talk about how to achieve some, some high levels of happiness and joy and health and better relationships by the use of uh, aromatherapy, by the use of certain scents. Stay with us. We'll be back momentarily. You are listening to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with your host, myself, Dr. Renee David Alkali. I am a naturopathic doctor in private practice in Forest Hills, New York at 102-02 Metropolitan Avenue in Forest Hills. A complete description about my services and the products that are available at our wellness center can be found on my website, www.genesishealthbeauty.com. That's www.genesishealthbeauty.com. Or you may call us at 718-544-5997. We're back with you. So how do we achieve? If you want to call in, by the way, our guest calling number is 929-477. Two eight six nine, and we're happy to take your calls. Uh, we're getting back to uh, this short introduction to a very important field of knowledge, and that is the use of scents and fragrances for healing, for mental and physical balance. If, um, uh, if. You want to accomplish something in life, perhaps some oils can help you do that. It may seem very simplistic, you know where we have all these mind science programs and success programs and achievement programs, uh, how to become a millionaire, all these complex systems for how to have better relationships. Well, you know, they're they're all good. We're not, uh, we're not uh, putting any of them down. They work uh, if one has the discipline to stick with it. But how about adding some oils into that mix? Because oils can help you get into a very relaxed state. Once you're in a relaxed state, your brain works better. Your body is healing faster. You don't have the stress that keeps drawing off and pulling off your energy. Certainly, certain scents can uh, can stimulate our ability to visualize. Uh, It can they can stimulate our uh, sense, our intuition, give us more insights. Uh, Certainly, uh, give us a greater sense of appreciation or self-love. For meditation, scents and fragrances have been used in monasteries and other places since time immemorial. The um, uh, formulas that you can make yourself or if you're not so inclined that you can uh, go by uh, can help with mental concentration, our ability to focus on problem solving, um, certainly our ability to reason or to logic something out. So, if we want to achieve some higher states, if we want more happiness, if we want greater sense of joie de vivre, a joy for living, uh, better relationships, uh, uh, we want to pursue a, a, some higher purpose, make some kind of difference, and have greater meaning. So, much of that can come to us from just the appreciation of our natural surroundings. And that's to do that as often as you can. Get out into a park. Talk to trees. You know, if you talk to trees, um, they may not talk back, but you know what? If you're talking to trees, people will think you're talking to yourself, and you'll have more personal quiet time because. People will think you're, you're a little off the wall, and they'll, they'll leave you alone. Uh, tell you, you know, I've told people often, uh, if you're walking in nature, um, take your shoes off. Walk barefoot uh, in the countryside. Feel the, the earth under your feet. Feel the soft green grass if you're in a grassy meadow. Feel the little rocks that are pushing at the different uh, reflexology points on the bottom of your foot. You know, we're we're paying uh, anywhere from $65 to $125 for reflexology. If you walk in nature and take your shoes off, it's a free session. You know, all those little rocks are putting pressure on all those different pressure points at the bottoms of the feet. So, I guess today I'm putting a lot of um, people, uh, I'm taking income away from a lot of people because these are very simple, natural things you can do. So, I will make one disclaimer and that is not to have you not do those things. Get a good massage. Reflexology is wonderful. Acupuncture is wonderful. Acupressure is great. Um If it's a traumatic uh, uh, moment like a bullet wound where you're bleeding profusely or you've got a broken bone, yes, well, maybe the medical system might also be where you want to be, a hospital or somewhere where you can get immediate care. But after all is said and done in these areas, try walking in, in, uh, in the woods or in nature without shoes. Try growing your own vegetable garden. If you have an apartment, you know what—a a little window garden outside of your window, just growing some herbs might be good enough. Uh, if you have a backyard or, or any kind of opportunity, or if you can make an indoor greenhouse, I have—I uh, know one fellow who made an indoor greenhouse and he grows a lot of vegetables uh, in his actually in his garage. You know, he set up lighting and a whole bunch of other things. So, you know, grow, a, grow your own vegetable garden. Uh, enjoy some sprouts, uh, you know, that you've sprouted yourself. Enjoy the, the vegetables from your own garden in the form of a salad. Uh, spend some time uh, out in nature. Get out by the ocean. Go up into the mountains. Expose your mind, your eyes, and your sense of smell, your scent, uh, scents or fragrances. Expose yourself to, to these things. Uh, expose yourself to the beauty. Uh, maybe sit on a mountain watching a sunset or go by the beach and sit, just sit there and watch the sunset and reflect on it. You know, that's such a beautiful meditative moment. Um if you are a person like myself who's been on many hikes and found many pristine lakes up on mountaintops or in other places, well, you know, jump in. <laughs> you know, make, make sure it's a relatively uh, clean lake. But then, you know, how about just jumping in and taking a quick bath in that lake? You know, let the water run over your body. Uh, if you want, if you you can take pick some flowers and just uh, brush them against your skin. Uh, make sure you know what you're doing, of course. Once you've crushed the flowers in your hands, you'll find that they release a wonderful, wonderful scent. Leaves release a scent when you rub them together, and when you come home from the experience, use some essential oils as an extension of, uh, of that environment, an extension of uh, what you've experienced. Indulge yourself. You know, the, there's nothing wrong with this kind of indulgence. Do not deny yourself these pleasures there are so many benefits awaiting you, and all you have to do is reach out to them. And you know, my friends, they don't cost anything. They're free. And there's, they say some of the best things are free, and maybe this is one of the things that's meant by that. You can just walk out into a park, uh, take a leaf and crush it in your fingers and then smell it. And that's aromatherapy, you know, right there. That is an incredible aromatherapy. So we we're talking about how in nature fragrances play a major role uh, for our health, but they've also played a very important part for our survival. Flowers that aren't pollinated by airborne pollen produce a scent. And that scent attracts insects and animals. For pollination, these plants are, within, are in some symbiotic relationship with the beings around them, with us and the other animals and the other life forms. And animals, ourselves included, at one point in our, uh, in our evolution, uh, use aroma communication uh, we use it and perhaps that's the point of perfumes we were it brings us back to that time when we used aroma to uh, for mating uh, among primates for example the female monkey they don't uh, you know, animals do not have sex the way humans do, which is as recreational. They have sex for for mating, for bringing offspring into the world. And the way they know that it's time to mate is that the female of the species emits a particular aroma that communicates to the male that it is time to mate. That they're fertile and it's time to mate. So perhaps that's the remnants of that idea, or what is found in perfume and perfumery, the perfumery business. Because certain scents and aromas stimulate that very primitive sense within us, that primitive uh, drive. So that's the other thing that animals do with scent, uh, especially wolves and dogs, but uh, many animals, they will mark their territory. So when a uh, if another animal of the same species comes into their part of uh, their territory, and a territory might consist of many miles, like a, within a perimeter, and when another animal comes in, It smells uh, the scent. It knows that this is a territory that's been marked. And it knows, basically, that it's intruding on that territory. We can see it when we walk around with our dogs. You know, in the city, uh, there isn't a dog that has a particular broad territory. But nevertheless, we can see how dogs uh, will sniff around at a particular place and i think they're sniffing for the scent of uh, other dogs other animals the uh this is a system of communication uh the the other aspect uh of communication through scent is what fish do fish use scent to really send a message to other fish of some kind of danger So uh, communication via aroma is just not that used by our our species. Nevertheless, we are deeply affected because the process of communication through scent is a very important aspect of the natural world. So uh, it's time for our last break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about insects and animals and, and humans. We'll see if we can get through those three uh, subjects before the end of our program today. If you want to call in, by the way, once again, our number is 929-477-2869. Stay with us, and we'll be back in a few moments to uh, understand how insects, animals, and humans use this process of communication and how we may best use it. Stay with us. You are listening to Mind, Body, Spirit Living a Holistic Life with your host, myself, Dr. Renee David Alkali. I am a naturopathic doctor in private practice in Forest Hills, New York at 10202 Metropolitan Avenue. I want to take a moment to tell you about our free programs for veterans with PTSD, for children with cancer, and for young adults with mental disabilities. If you have a loved one or friends um, that fall into any of these categories, please have them call us. Uh, We have free programs available there is no charge. Uh, We offer these through our not-for-profit and you can find us online at www.genesissociety.org. These programs are made available by your generous support. Please continue to support them, continue to help us make them available at no charge to our community check our website, www.genesissociety.org, or you may call us at 718-544-5997. So that number is uh, 718-544-5997. Do get in touch with us if you need uh, any help with your health or you'd like to participate if you're local to us in one of our classes and workshops. Uh, if you'd like to subscribe to our newsletter, please do that. We do have workshops and seminars that we run internationally uh, in different countries and different states. So, uh, And you can travel with us on one of our uh, health excursions, perhaps to uh, Morocco or Spain. We've we we go to different locations and the trips are always amazing just really wonderful so we're we've been talking about communication because the our our senses are meant all of our senses are meant for the purpose of communication the world communicates to us and we need to interpret that communication we need to understand the language the language of nature is very specific. The sense of smell is a very specific language. The, uh, when ants walk along the ground, they're marking their trail by depositing a small amount of a pheromone substance, uh, which then the other ants can follow. So, so it creates a line of ants, which we've all seen. And that signal is really vital communication because it communicates the, to the whole line of ants a movement toward food. Food. It's a search for food. Uh, it's uh, One calculation is that one milligram of this pheromone substance can lead a column of ants three times around the earth. Three times around the earth. There's a Moth. It's called the male chain Chinese emperor moth. It can detect the female pheromone from over six miles away. That's not confusing it with all the other scents and aromas that may be coming to it. The uh, the silkworm moth has the ability to sense a small a smell of a distance of two miles. The uh, bola's spider spins a strand at the end uh, on which there's a sticky substance. We're all familiar with that sticky substance on a, on a spider web uh, because it contains a chemical that, certainly uh, for the female bola, spider, a chemical that duplicates the sexual scent of a female moth and so when it does that the male moth becomes attracted and when he comes near he becomes stuck on the um, on on the lure and then is caught by the spider so here's a place where the the definition uh, or the understanding of the sense of smell is not uh, it's not helpful to the to the creature smelling it, but actually uh, brings them to their demise. And so all of this, all of these, are systems of communication. Whether they're used as lures or whether they're they're used in a very straightforward manner, animals we're all familiar with that. You know, certain animals have a musky scent, like the mink. Uh, it's uh, to us this musky odor very often is not pleasant but if we put this odor in the female mink it creates a feeling of ecstasy uh, and that ecstasy then leads to mating uh, we have this throughout the animal world hares squirrels rabbits they're, uh, they uh, they have a courting. Maybe I'm trying to remember which of them specifically, but certainly, uh, perhaps all three groups of squirrels, rabbits, and hares, they have a certain courting ritual uh, where the male hare uh, seduces or entices a female by taking big leaps and while he's up in the air he showers the female with urine uh, we we think that this act uh, that by this act the female smells the male hormones in the urine and the sexual response is stimulated we don't know exactly the uh, the uh, a female boar, sow, for example, attracts the boar and allows him to mount her after, after he becomes excited and, uh, by, by seeing him, by hearing the sounds, and especially smelling the musky breath of the boar. So all of these things are for survival. The, uh, we have it in the hamster. Uh, the hamster has a certain vaginal secretion. And when it drags its high, her hind legs along the ground, it leaves a trail of these vaginal secretions. When the male senses the smell, he responds by following it to the female who is waiting for him. Uh, a male hamster who cannot smell is going to not respond to a female. The male reindeer leaves secretions from a gland between its toes. And that scent discourages other males from entering into this marked territory. Communication, communication. You know, we've substituted all of these natural communications for the Internet, for cell phones, for computers. Yes, there's been a lot gained, but perhaps we need to look again at what has been lost. For humans, we've seen that the first two months of life, infants display a preference for the smell of, for the sense of smell, for the smell of their mother's breast over that of any other woman. The opposite is also true. There was a study in which the mothers were blindfolded and given a choice of three babies, 61% of the mothers correctly selected their own baby. The menstrual cycles of women who live together become synchronized. Uh, this is very interesting. Over a period of several months, uh, there are numerous speculations on this. Uh, one of the speculations is that it's due to each woman being exposed to the other woman's perspiration smell and adapting to the other woman's cycle. There may be a more subtle reason than that, but that's one theory. Uh, But the synchronization of, of certain things may not always be due to the sense of smell. There are other theories, for example, regarding women who menstruate uh, live together, begin to menstruate together, that there is, uh, there is the, the matching of a certain vibrational level. In nature, everything vibrates. Uh, it, it has a, a range. And there is the thought that the lower vibration will generally rise to meet the higher vibration, so when it comes to uh, women living together and beginning to menstruate at the same time or, uh, or grandfather clocks being put on a wall and they all start to beat in harmony after a while, even though they're beating a different, uh, you know, the pendulum is swinging at different speeds for each one at first, they all start matching the one speed. One of the theories is that they will match the higher speed so with human beings that would be the alpha female or the alpha male which may be why we're attracted to leaders they bring us up their their vibrational level is higher and they raise us up by that we meet their vibrational level so uh there's so that was speculation uh, but it's a very good speculation. In one study, perspiration and elected and, uh, and perspiration that's collected from men's underarms was swabbed three times a week to the upper lips of women whose cycles were irregular. Very, very interesting study. Perspiration from men's underarms. Doesn't sound pleasant. was swabbed three times a week uh, on the upper lips of women whose cycles were irregular. And after three months, all the women's cycles were regulated to 29.5 days. It's an amazing study. An amazing study. Uh, we've also seen that women who are around men have more regulated cycles. And men who are around women have more rapid hair growth. Um, it's uh, not across the board, of course, but it's some serious considerations. We're not going to get into the subject of plants and how they communicate through the sense of smell, but we will be doing that next week. And in our next week's program, which we hope we invite you to come back to. Uh, we're going to talk about how to actually use aromatherapy for various healing, for for uh, for relationships, for stress reduction, for numerous in numerous ways. So it's been a pleasure to be with you once again. Please write in or call in your comments. We're happy to hear from you. We're happy to be with you. Uh, stay healthy. Be aware of the natural world around you. Get out into nature today, right now, perhaps if you have the opportunity. And uh, connect to it, communicate with it, and God bless you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?